Kiora, and welcome to another edition of the GeoDorable podcast with your hosts Chris Morris and Mark Thompson. For more information on this episode, visit the GeoDorable page on Facebook. Happy Christmas, Chris. Whoa, that's a bit early, isn't it? It's the uh, past the first of the December cutoff or start date, whatever it is. Yeah. And we're all uphill till Christmas. Have you been listening to uh, many Christmas carols? Yes, I was forcing people to listen to them last week. Put your Christmas tree up? Yes, we have. Wow. Even in the office, we had we had half an hour of Christmas carols this morning, including a great one by Run DMC. I recommend you look that up. Uh, I will do. It was my uh, my daughter's, uh, she was in a choir, Carols on the Green, down in our local uh, reserve. Yeah. We're very festive here in uh, in sunny New Zealand. Well, it's not yes. sunny at the moment. It's chucking it down. But, you know, I, I found Christmas in the sun still a little bit weird. <laughs> but anyway, welcome, listeners, to the uh, world's number one Christmas geospatial podcast. Sure. It's, uh, it's all about kind of geospatial technology and things that kind of support it, I guess. Yeah. Mapping, geography, location. Technology. You know, we, we, we're yeah. not picky, really, are we, to be honest? Well... We cover a vast range of topics. Our church is very broad, Mark. <laughs> Indeed. Coming up to Christmas. Mm. Um, yes, but one one thing we do like to make clear is... That people the, should get in contact? That people should get in contact, um, but we also only express our own opinions. Oh, sure. And not the opinions of anyone else we work for or with. No, it's important to get that disclaimer in, just in case we, you know... Yeah. We have an opinion. <laughs> in case we do. Yeah. Um, but but we also love love getting people's emails, messages on Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, totally. And just in case you don't know how to contact us, mm-hmm. you could email us on Gmail, geodorable.com. No, no, I'll try that again. I mean, I mean, nice, Geo- nice try, Mark. Geodorable at gmail.com. This is why nobody emails us, mate, because you, you tell it the wrong <laughs> address. Well, but if they type geodorable.com into their uh, browser, they will, they will you, go. Sure. To our website, the world's number one website, isn't it? About I don't know if it's the world's number one. Yeah, sorry, website. sorry. Uh, follow us on uh, my Geodorable at Twitter, Twitter, yeah. and uh, and get us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com/geodorable. Basically, all the usual places, right? Yeah, and we're um, we've been putting a bit more content up on the uh, social media. Yeah, yeah, really trying. Mm-hmm. Um, I was quite pleased with uh, the one I found today. You know, for the alcoholic geographer in your life. A globe that opens up to the uh, whiskey bar. Oh, yeah, very nice. Very nice indeed. Yeah, I mean, that's a bit of class there. Uh, and we are classy, if nothing else. We've got actually got quite a few uh, Christmas gift ideas in this podcast, haven't we? Oh, we do. Hmm. We do. Um, and we also have a massive back catalogue of uh, great podcast episodes. Are you suggesting that you know you could uh, our listeners could download them, put them on a USB stick, and give them to their uh, their, <laughs> their geography loved one? Sure, they could, or, or could just uh, download them on their fruit-based device. Sure, 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 sure. Well, with that, Mark, should we move on to some news since the uh, the intro bed has ended, and uh, I think we should move on. Spatial news. Now, Chris, no doubt you have done the shopping for your wife. Sure. Do you know, ask me where my wife is at the moment. Okay, Chris, where's your wife? I don't know, actually. Uh, no, she's, um, <laughs> she's, she's 
Honor Girls Long Weekend. Oh, she's in, still on uh, it. Byron Bay, I think, yeah. But didn't she, she go on the Long Weekend like earlier last week? She goes on lots of Long Weekends. Um, <laughs> it was my uh, my company's Christmas party. Um, and she weekend. went to it without you? No, no, I couldn't go because I was looking after the kids. That's, I mean, that's the kind of great husband I am. Right, so so you don't need to reveal what amazing present you've got here. No, um, no, and I won't because because I haven't bought it yet. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh, that's not good. Have you have you bought something for your um, uh, your better half? Uh, my wife, or <laughs> <laughs> sure, definitely. Um, n- no, I haven't, but I know exactly what it is. I see a great husband there as well. So anyway, we're, we're getting slightly off topic. But anyway, yeah. um, this so, is a story all about how... Uh, how to get a holiday gift guide. Now, I must say, Chris, I'm I'm a little bit disappointed in this. Okay, well, that's a great thing to tell our listeners. You're <laughs> disappointed in some of our news. But carry on, Mark. Right, so this is the 2018 holiday gift guide by the Map Room. Maproomblog.com. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and there on it are a range of great books. There are, and that's it. That's why I'm slightly disappointed. I mean, they do look really interesting books. Yeah. Um, but maybe maybe a little bit of variety would be good. True story, Mark. True story. So, so the first. Uh, oh, this the first is the Jonah Lumley book again. The first story again. Book on the list is the Times Comprehensive Atlas of the World. Have I ever mentioned that Jonah Lumley bought me that for my wedding? <laughs> Have I mentioned that? Well, you and you and your wife. Yes, sure. Well, most of my wife, since she knows my wife better than I do. No, that sounds wrong as well. She knows my wife. Anyway, <laughs> my mother-in-law. Let's move on. Shall we have some more news? No, okay. carry on. Well, no, no, carry anyway, on. so what type of books can you get on this, Chris? There's atlases? I mean, there's atlases, obviously. The one that I uh, have seen early and I'm quite excited about is the Ordnance Survey Puzzle Book. So, as you may be able to tell from my uh, my accent, I am from the UK originally, and the Ordnance Survey was was, was you know it was the map making um, government agency. It and, is, um, yeah, the Ordnance Survey Puzzle Book. And basically, I've had a little look online. Um, you get your map, and then you get a whole bunch of questions about the map. It's the kind of thing that I could waste hours looking at. Right. What about yourself? Is anything that's taken you fancy? Um, well, there's a bunch of historical maps. Mm. Um, you know from from years gone by, there's there's a writer's map of imaginary places. Um, there's a Star Wars cartography map. But what actually took my fancy was the military and war histories. Mm, so okay. Scotland defending the nation looks like quite a good um, collection of Scottish military mapping and maps of Scotland made by aggressors. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I mentioned if you're Scottish, that's pretty much everyone yep. who doesn't come from Scotland. <laughs> um, but there's also a nice one, um, Atlas of World War Two. Yeah, yeah. Comprehensive guide to the battles that changed the world. Um, so yeah, those two look quite good. But but as I said, still a little bit disappointed. Okay. Well, so if our listeners are out there and they're interested in a slightly disappointing list that you don't like, as no, much, of great, of slightly disappointing list of great books. Okay. Perfect. Um, you can find all the links to that uh, on our um, on our website, website. or yeah. get us on Twitter or Facebook. Mm-hmm. Spatial news. Oh well, Chris, seasons are changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, things need a little bit of a spruce up. Sure. And um, looks like Arches Online was one of those things. Indeed. So I guess um, I mean it, it's again it's the December release or the Christmas release, as I, I think they like to refer to it. 
Yeah, uh, so many prisons. So many. Well, so, so many, actually. So, um, yeah, the uh, What's Coming in Archers Online December release, uh, a fresh new look. So they are updating the UI, which uh, I find quite interesting. Um, not massive, but there's there's definitely, uh, you know, someone's gone yeah. over it with a, the UI tooth comb. Yeah, I, I suspect some CSS changes have taken place. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, I, the thing that slightly interested me, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm hard to press this time of year, you know, Jeez, there's so many great yeah. gifts on offer and, and this is what I get. You should see me on Christmas day. Such a grump. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. But anyway, one of the good things they've done is they've changed the content page so you can actually find the contents that you're looking for instead of the ones that you're not looking for. That is handy. Totally. Totally agree. Yeah. And what they're also doing in this release is, you know, uh, I, I think in the last podcast we talked about the new user the, the new user um, yes. types. So you're going to be able to manage it in this release. So that's going to be pretty but interesting. It's always useful to release software uh, functionality for function functionality to manage things that you've released. Sure, that 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 is uh, that's very true. So yeah, it's going to be a big release, and you know, as we kind of do this, it's not just Arcturus Online. It seems to be across you know quite a lot of the product set. Yeah. Um, so now the one disclaimer we always put on this, well, maybe it's just me. Um, don't forget, changes to Arcturus Online means you need to test. Uh, sure. Yeah. Don't don't think that just because someone else has done the upgrade for you, you don't need to test. Yep. Wise words there, Mark. Wise so, words. So double gift there from Esri. A new so access uh, online and some extra testing. So that will be the uh, the evening for the fifth of uh, December. So that's um, Pacific Standard Time. So um, yeah, wake up the following morning, get on access online, and see the changes that they've made. Yep. Spatial news. And the celebrations just keep flowing, Chris. Wow. <laughs> now, Cardo Frames. Uh-huh. Cardo's Python interface. Oh, nice. You can't do now, anything these days without Python, can you? Apparently not. <laughs> um, but it's a year old. Oh. Um, and I baked this wonderful cake in my studio, Chris, that I'm going to have to consume by myself. I don't even know what to say to that, but um, Okay. To celebrate Kato. Uh, okay. Um, but uh, this is just interesting to remind you of Kato's building capability. It's growing and growing, isn't it? It is. Um, and they are they're becoming more of an influencer. How's that for a modern word? Um, yeah, very nice. In, in the geospatial and GIS industry. Yep. Um, so you've got, you know, you've got your main, big players here and Google etc and then you got your spatial systems which Esri's top yep um, but these guys just keep building up more stuff and the uh, field market the market's getting bigger and and I guess you know when it comes to Python you have to support it if you're not supporting Python I mean you're gonna you're gonna struggle um, and I, I guess you know if you look across all the uh, the top GIS or spatial tools, you know, the vast majority do now support Python. It's the uh, the language of choice for the geographer, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and Cardo Frames picks up on um, visualization a lot. Yeah. Um, so very strong visualization engine. Um, and, yeah, again, adds to the uh, plethora of uh, functionality available. So another thing to look out for. Okay. Spatial news. 
Now, this is an ironic thing to release, Chris. You see it? Yes. Okay. It's the uh, How Green Is Your City, um, done by the Ordnance Survey, mentioned earlier. Uh, Chris no, is a big fan. The, no, it's the UK's Office for National Statistics. Oh, sorry, it is Sue. Sorry. Yeah. Misread it. Um, but seeing most of the UK is going to be white. <laughs> what, over Christmas? <laughs> it's kind of ironic that releasing the green, How Green Is Your City. I think it's actually quite interesting. So what they've done is um, they have uh, analysed every pixel in um, uh, Street View yeah. of two cities in, in Wales. So that's uh, Cardiff and Newport. Give us your um, Welsh accent, Chris. No. Oh, come on, boy. Oh. No. Uh, it's only so many people who can offend, Mark. <laughs> um, we do try to reach a broad population. <laughs> Uh, yes, anyway. Um, and so, yeah, they've, they've, they've uh, analysed um, Street View and then they've <coughs> um, managed to turn that analysis into quite a nice kind of interesting 3D view where uh, every pixel is kind of the height of the pixel represents how green that pixel is. And it kind of gives you quite an interesting view of, of um, the different cities. Yeah, now, of course, in uh, being the UK or Wales, <coughs> there's lots of um, hedges instead of fences. Sure. Yeah. Um, so you know, there's hedging along lots of streets and what have you. So they show up, but then you see vast spots where is sort of nothing, and that's where the houses are. Sure. I, I guess what I like about this is is just like the the slightly different approach they've taken to to kind of, you know, I, I seem to remember on a podcast many moons ago um, there was a um, comparing different cities in in the world and how green they were. Um, and this is kind of a, a write down at city level approach, which I think is pretty good. You can basically type in your postcode and, or you know your address, um, and it will tell you how green your street is compared to other streets within um, with within these two cities. Yeah. So, do you think they're going to do the rest of the world? Sorry, rest of the country. Uh, I. It, it is unclear in the article how much effort it actually was to get these two mm. cities done. Um, so, I am not sure. Nevertheless, it's a nice use of uh, nice use of kind of three D and GIS, I reckon. Yeah, and presentation and location analytics. Hmm. Spatial news. Now, Chris, I know your wife actually listens to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, funny, funny. She just and wonders because... why I go into a room, kind of like you know, once every fortnight for a couple of hours, and she doesn't see me. She has no idea what I'm doing. Right. Thanks for that image. Now. What is highest on your Christmas list of things you'd like? Well, obviously... Um, is? Yes, yeah, sorry. Well, obviously obviously sponsorship for this podcast, that'd be good. I was going to say peace on earth and goodwill to all male men, but... Um, all ma- in all male. Men, I mean in the pejorative... Uh, yes, and all people. All, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, but other than that, I mean, that's, you know, this is kind of our second on my list. Yeah. Uh, is what we have here. Now, it's the Earth Puzzle, Mark. We've put this on Twitter, and Twitter went crazy. Yes, we um, we came at, we became a phenomenon. Which isn't <laughs> easy for you to say. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, now, the Earth Puzzle. It's mm. a 442-piece jigsaw puzzle. Mm-hmm. With a difference. It is. Uh, it's... Oh, you're going to ask me to say the word, aren't you? Well, no. come on. This is this is why it's 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 just so exciting on many levels. So it's a map of the world, people. Woohoo! We like that. It's a jigsaw. We also well, some of us like that. Oh, I like jigsaws. But They're fun. 
The projection, Chris. The projection. Yes. What is the projection? Oh, damn it. It's an equal area um, isohedral. No, icosahedral. That's what I said, definitely. Uh, projection. Yes, and we all know that icosahedrals are how many sided polygons? I don't know. 20. 20, of course. Yes. Now, why is it exciting? Well, the, the icosahedral, um, I don't know if I'm actually saying that right. Well, it I actually, definitely wasn't. It actually, if you've ever seen it, it looks like the world's made up of different triangles. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it allows you to do is distribute the world on much more evenly than you would on, say, a Mercator projection. Yep. Um, and that makes the puzzle even harder. Well, it makes it harder, but also it makes it more... It, um, you can complete the puzzle in multiple different ways. There's no one single kind of way of completing it, so to speak. Yes, because it's a 20-sided polygon. Yeah. But it comes out flat. Just to, Oh, sure. sure. <laughs> it's not a 3D jigsaw. Yeah. Um, um, and it's got um, it's got a thing I really like. It's got a bunch of like animals, shapes, for different kind of major countries. And New Zealand's got a kiwi. So cool. And the UK has... Nothing. Badger? No, it's a fox. It's no, a fox it's a across fox. Europe. Red fox. Well, we know what the fox is. Um, sure. The... The other exciting, well, I suppose maybe I'm more excited about the uh, projection than the actual puzzle. Um, I mean, I've done a jigsaw puzzle once, but it's but, a beautiful, it's a beautiful jigsaw. I think that's the thing oh, for me. Is, like but beautiful colours. The projection um, allows you to understand the sizes of countries. Yes, much totally. better than other yep. projections. And yep. it was actually came to popular because it helped you understand the journeys that early explorers took. For instance, Marco Polo. Um, when he did his travels, because on a normal map, on a normal Mercator-based um, map, you don't quite understand yep. what he did. Yep. Now, so this is an awesome puzzle. You'll find it on our Facebook page, and you'll find it on Twitter, and it'll be on our website. Um, it's from um, from a company called The Earth Puzzle. Uh, sorry, no, from a company called Nervous Systems. Um, it's 120 bucks, but I think... Well That's US, it. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks like an awesome puzzle. Yeah, so uh, Google that. Yeah, and if you do get one for Christmas, take a photo of the completed article and um, send it to us. That's what you'll be doing, Chris. It will be. That'll be my, well, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, you know, through to probably New Year's. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Anyway, Mark, that was, uh, that was the news. It was the news, and good news, Chris. Yes, uh, indeed, yeah. Now, I've got one more piece of news, actually, thinking about it. I've, I've just ended it. It's not really news. It's more of kind of an interesting topic. Um, so last week, I think it was, um, I presented at uh, a career symposium. So two uh, weekends ago. Two weekends ago. Was which it? won't oh, help if you're listening in the future. <laughs> if you're listening. To- anyway, I went to this career symposium and um, did a Do you need a new career? No, but it was for it was for like um, so in New Zealand we have this we've mentioned it before the emerging spatial professionals who are basically you know um, a bunch of people who um, are just kind of starting in their GIS or you know spatial careers and they all kind of banded together and support each other and so forth um, and they got a bunch of um, people to come and present uh, from industry at the conference and I went along and presented and it was um, it was really good fun it's an amazing thing that um, I think the emerging spatial professionals do yep and was it true the uh, topic of your presentation was GIS is dead no no not I 
No, it wasn't the topic of my conversation, but I did mention it. <laughs> did you also mention the world's number one geospatial podcast? I may have dropped it in there, maybe. That's good. So hello to you if you were listening, if you were attending that presentation and here because of Chris. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, um, shall we uh, shall we move on to uh, topic of the week? Quick, quick, quick. Topic of the week. Now, Chris, we love a good strategic report. <laughs> we do, and we've mentioned it many a time on this podcast. Well, there's been quite a few good ones, actually. Yeah, they have. Yeah, um, And there's a new one out by Gartner. Now, hopefully, everybody's listening to this podcast knows who Gartner are. Um, but I, I guess for those who don't, they're kind of a research group who um, are well-known for... Uh, um, Preventing, oh, sorry, presenting research on, yeah, preventing research. Preventing uh, world famine. Presenting research on technology, I guess you can say. Well, technology trends, investments, mm. um, yeah, quite, quite useful for making strategic business decisions. And um, every year, yeah, in, in about October, they present the top 10 strategic technology trends for the following year, so the year to come. Yes. Yeah, and this uh, is a bit of navel-gazing. Well, it is. I think what's what's really interesting about it is um, you know, looking at um, this is kind of what our plan is looking at the top ten and then saying, well, how does how does that particular technology affect our industry, um, or perhaps the other way around? How does our industry, you know, um, have some influence on that particular technology? Type? Yeah, and it's the whole SWAT thing, right? Strength, weakness, opportunity, threat. Yeah, totally. Um, so with that, we're going to go through the top ten and yeah. then put a bit of a geospatial spin on it. Wow, that sounds ever so exciting. <laughs> okay, do we have um, top ten music? Uh, no, no, I've just faded our music out, actually. Sorry. Okay. All right, so uh, these, these aren't actually in order, I don't believe. No, they are in order. They are? Yep. Okay, so is this number one or number ten? Sorry. Uh, number one. Number one? Mm. Wow, okay. Oh, actually, uh, we haven't mentioned it yet, but I'm surprised that you find you're surprised by number one. Um, I'm probably not in terms of it's the closest. Like it's it's probably the almost the thing you can touch already. Well, should we actually say what it is? Otherwise, people are going to be hanging on here, going, "What the heck are you talking well, about?" Well, you can build up some suspense. Well, okay, should we just carry on talking about it and see if people can guess? Um, well, you're, you're familiar with it already, and we know it's coming in the future, and we know this is the reason why maybe we shouldn't be too worried about our kids and their driving. Yeah, okay, so it's um, it's autonomous, autonomous things. things. And it's interesting, actually, if you, if you look back at the uh, the top 10 that Gardner's done in 2018 and 17 and so forth, they often use the term things. Yes. Mm, I like it. Well, the, 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 I think the reason they, they use the word things here, um, although if you're in New Zealand, you'd say thinks. You would, because... Because that's how our Prime Minister pronounces things. Um, anyway... What they're talking about is the reason they call it things is because it's a swarm of collaborative, intelligent things. Mm -hmm. Okay, so all the devices working together, so it's not just a standalone thing. So it's it's basically it's not just it's not just your vehicle right that's driving along. It's your vehicle driving along talking to other vehicles at the same time what and other understanding things? what what other things. Yeah, um, and understanding devices, what, you know talk, yeah. being able to talk to that um, being able to talk to that streetlight and telling it to turn on because you're coming 
Yeah, or um, getting a heads up from a, uh, a traffic light that you should stop. <laughs> you know, uh, that's what the red lights for, Chris. Yeah, but you don't. Well, you're not going to need red lights because it's going to be telling the car, right? The car's not going to go. Oh, is that light red? It's going to be told that it's red. <laughs> I mean, because what happens if you your, driving, your car is colorblind? It'd be a nightmare for your driving now. Yeah, it's it, it is going to be you know really interesting, and I think I think where you know what's this got to do with uh, you know our industry, the spatial industry, and you can kind of go oh everything because I think it it actually has you know you're not going to be able to. Um, you know, you're going to need the infrastructure and understand where that infrastructure is for these kind of things to actually work. Yeah, and we've already seen. I mean, we, we've we, you know we've mentioned before the <laughs> taco delivery service, sure, by yeah, drones, yeah. and that's yeah. just the tip of the iceberg when sure. it comes to food delivery. Um, you need a good bit of iceberg lettuce in your taco, I find. <laughs> yes, yes, you do, and, and chili sauce. But what I think this is also interesting about this is it's not just that they're going to be autonomous. Um, to be autonomous, they're also going to have to have sensors that are reading and capturing the world around them, which means that you know um, there's going to be so much information that is captured by vehicles or you know things, and that information most likely will be you know stored, and then we're going to be able to make you know yeah. Um, better decisions based on that information. Well, you think of the the big data followed by the machine learning and then the AI. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're going to be able to use that data. Uh, so what's next, Chris? Uh, so uh, in at number two uh, is uh, augmented analytics. You're not sure, you're sure they just didn't do this alphabetically? Yeah, pretty sure. Because I've read this elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting nervous. <laughs> no, I was just having a laugh because... Obviously, uh, autonomous AUT should be after augmented AUG. Yeah, okay. Get on with it. <laughs> um, augmented analytics. And the examples given here, HR, finance, sales, marketing, customer service, procurement, asset management. All mm-hmm. those things you wouldn't have associated with augmented a- analytics. No, but you can you can start to understand. We've just uh, you know we're starting to use Power BI an awful lot at work, um, and at the moment it relies pretty much on you know human uh, interaction on human analysis of that information. But you can imagine that you know with augmented analytics, the things that you're not seeing are going to be picked up by the uh, you know the machine learning or AI or whatever you want to call it, and that's going to start bringing out that information that that's most pertinent and the information that you make need to make decisions around. Yeah. So, so analytics, it's going to be big. I don't know how much more we can say about it. Well, well I think again, obvious. yeah, but getting back to our industry again, you know, um, you can imagine, you know, oh, it's, it's, it's a spreadsheet and you can go, oh, this is the biggest thing in the spreadsheet. But when you start bringing location into it, you know, it's not, it's not just the biggest thing. It's where is the biggest thing? Yeah. Where should I direct my resources? Well, well the well. biggest things, because you know, you're no longer looking at, at anything in isolation, anything in isolation. Yeah, totally. So, so I think in you know, in this space, um, we're going to have to see augmented can augment. Oh, I can't even say it. Augmented analytics, but in the in our industry, in the location space, it's going to you know, we're going to have to start, and maybe some of this is already being developed, but you know, automated or automatic or machine learning um, kind of GIS tools that, you know, um, 
that the the analysis is being done. Yeah. Now, the other thing that's come out of augmented and augmented analytics is this new term of citizen data scientist. Mm-hmm. Now, a citizen citizen data science is learning data science, but not being a data scientist. It's kind of like you know learning how to amputate a leg, but not being a doctor. Just like it. Sounds <laughs> very similar. Um, the, the, the trend here, and I think this is important for, for geospatial analysts to understand, is that that they are themselves a, a citizen data science. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not technically, you know, a classically trained data scientist. Yep. Um, that the software will just pick them up and allow them to, to do the analysis. And that these citizen data scientists will scientists will grow at 20 times the number wow uh sorry five times <laughs> okay that's <laughs> uh, 25 i mean they're all um yep, products yeah. and factors of each other um but yeah we'll grow that at that staggering rate because of this massive talent gap but it's also to an advantage because then we can start talking about location and well, um, is it, this is, bringing this that is. to the table it's an interesting point here, and one I actually made in my presentation. You know, data scientists. You know, it's the job title that you kind of want, it. but is already gone. If you know what I mean. So you know, as as a as a hmm. a GIS analyst, um, you kind of go, well, how come these data scientists are getting all the press? You know, isn't it like being a GIS analyst just being a data scientist, but with geography? <laughs> yes. Well, there was that comment at the ESR user conference. Uh, totally. Yeah. How long have you been a data scientist? Well, job title has been a month, and <laughs> I've yes. actually all my life. Yep. yep. So anyway. Uh, yeah. Anyway. All right. Next one. Number uh, three. In reverse alphabetical order. Get on with it. AI-driven development, and yeah. we've talked about this a lot. Have we? Well, in previous podcasts, if oh, you okay. remember back. No. Um, massive, 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 um, and it's. It, ties in well with um, the previous one about augmented analytics and yep. citizen data scientists yep. is that this stuff isn't as scary as you think. Um, like the capabilities are, are quite there. You know, ArcGIS has um, AI-driven machine learning capabilities. Yep. Um, and, and you need to be starting to get familiar with these because they will add to your skill sets and add to your ability to make business decisions. And yeah, one of the points that's made in, in the article is, you know, is that these AI enhanced solutions, it's going to be like delivered as a service, you know, software as a service, AI solutions as a service. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's not as radical or as scary as perhaps you think it might be. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, so don't be afraid people. You know, you've got some time off, maybe have a little play with uh, the machine learning or uh, totally. actually just do it in your chargeable time at work. Yeah, and put down to the research code in your time yes. sheet, right? Yeah. That's right. So um, number four, number, number four, four, number four is... Um, your well, favourite. Well, we've talked about it quite a lot. We dedicated two episodes to this, Chris. Yeah. Two episodes. Um, so that's the digital twin. That is the... Di- well, they weren't digital twins. They were one well, then okay. the other. Yeah. So um, I, don't, I don't think we have to talk about this too much because we have just run two podcasts on it. But um, uh, yeah, if you haven't got the message, then um, go back and listen again. But we all like a good statistic. Uh, 
the report by Gartner, it quotes Gartner in estimating that it will be 20 billion connected sensors and endpoints. Wow. 20 billion. That's a lot. And uh, it says, and uh, digital twins will exist for potentially billions of things. Yes, which is yeah. what your your dilemma dilemma um, was on the on the digital twin. It's like, how do they cope with being such a complex model? Mm-hmm. And uh, Gartner saying, oh, they're going to cope fine. Yeah, fair enough. What, what would I know? <laughs> Although uh, I uh, had a really interesting um, meeting with Nokia um, a couple of weeks back, which oh, name um, drop. Oh, sure. You know, um, they flew you to Finland. No, um, you flew yourself to Finland. No, anyway, had a meeting with Nokia and and uh, talking about the use of uh, mobile analytics. So you know, mobile phone data and, and analyzing that information. And actually, when you start looking at that, that starts to give you an insight into what people are doing across the city. So, you know, I'm I'm starting to come around to the idea of digital twin for a city. <laughs> Yep, um, they do bring a new acronym that everyone must learn, mm-hmm. which is a DTO. DTO, which stands for Digital Twin of Your Organization. Ooh, okay. Um, and so it's it's going to be models that help um, react to the way and respond to changes in uh, in your business. So we'll help drive efficiency. So you know they're going to be sensing what's going on in the business and then make changes. So hang on. So. We're now going to be fired by, uh, you know, AI. <laughs> awesome. No, you're in upper management, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> First to go, mate. <laughs> um, so, and and you know, digital twins. We talked about it, but you know, um, from a, from a uh, you know, smart well, cities digital yeah. twin city. You know, there's there's an awful lot of um, work to be done in our space. And a, a little piece of advice, actually, I really like, is that digital twins will start simply. And then get bigger. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. you know if if you if you can suggest upwards to your management that hey why don't we build a digital twin and and just build a three D city, it's a good start. It, it's a case of you don't have to build everything in the first no iteration. You know. Yeah. yeah. Now, next one. It is an alphabetical order almost. <laughs> That was D. We've done a. Now we're on to E. Do, sorry, do you reckon this is this is Gartner, the uh, you know really well respected research house, have just gone? Yeah, yeah. We'll just do it alphabetical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know they haven't. Um, so yeah, in at number five, and kind of obviously off the back of uh, four and three and two and one, um, it's the empowered edge, Mark. The empowered edge. What does that mean, Chris? Well, is this like a new guitar for the U2's guitarist? No, 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 it's nothing like that. Um, well, really, it, it is being driven by IoT. Um, so, uh, yeah. really, it's about being able to do well, the analysis. No, it's been u- utilized by IoT. Wow. Okay, driven, driven by. Driven by. Yeah. yeah. Basically, but, you know, what, what we've gone from is, is, you know, we've got all these IoT devices, uh, you know, out there. You can't see my hand, but I'm pointing to out there. Um, you know, and and instead of sending that information from the IoT device back to a centralized server, which then does some analysis, 
you actually do the analysis out on the edge, out on the edge where the IoT device is. Yeah, so so it's decentralized computing. Um, yeah, and, and why it's so important is because um, latency starts to become a bit of an issue um, if you've got you know hundreds of thousands or how many or how many we're having twenty billion twenty billion devices out there. Um, you know, having that information processed centrally obviously isn't you know. Well, yeah, it, this this gets away from that central server problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that the cloud, we all know that the cloud has some faults, like it rains. Um, and was that a joke? Yes, but you didn't have to point it out because everyone got it apart from okay. you. Um, <laughs> so the ability to process in a low power system mm-hmm. um, on on your edge, which means you know on your device at at source, and then send back the process information. And again, and again, when you look at our industry, the spatial industry, there is there is going to have to be tools that or you know methods that are applying spatial analysis um, at the edge. Yep. Is this IoT device within this particular polygon or circle or whatever buffer? Who cares? Um, you know, it's going to have to be a, a, a location-based tool. Yeah, and and different way of thinking. Instead of collecting all the information and then analyzing it, get each piece edge device to analyze itself and then send you the answer mm-hmm. mm. right number six in our alphabetical list <laughs> i'm just looking ahead to number uh, seven yes yeah. um so yeah number six is immersive experience now i'm i'm uh, this is a slow burner for me okay. um vr ar mr MR. yeah um i was mr earlier in last week so you know it's working for me. Right. Yeah. Um, so the ability to put real world and virtual world together. Yep. Um, now, this is highly useful. Well, highly useful? Highly yeah. usage. High usage of spatial information. Yep. It doesn't work if you don't know where it is. That's uh, that, That's definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's that simple. Now, as a, as a simple GIS spatial analyst... Yes. How can you be involved in the immersive experience? Well, I, th- I think there are actually lots of ways, and um, uh, it's not going to work on the podcast. But I've actually got like a, <laughs> a mixed reality app on my phone, in which um, you know I'm looking you chase at, Pokemon's. No, nope, in which I'm looking at a um, uh, a 3D model of uh, an engineering project. Um, and the fact that I can do it, I still, you know, when I first time I saw it a few weeks ago, I still had that, you know, that smile on your face that's kind of like, oh, wow, yeah, I've just found the future. Not me personally, obviously, but, you know, it, it's that kind of, <laughs> this actually is is the way things are going to go. You are going to be using virtual reality or augmented reality or, or mixed reality, and it's going to become more and more pervasive. Yep, it is. And the other thing to pull into this is that we're talking multiple sensors. So multiple human sensors and computer sensors. So going back, you know, to edge computing and AI and Internet of Things and digital twins, yep. etc. Things like heat, humidity. They all yep. come into these um to these multiple modal devices. It's um it's a brave new world. It is. You know, um, and it one is. that I can't work out whether um, 
I don't know. I, I I already feel a little bit like you know my grandparents. You know when when you know your grandkids come around with a mobile phone, you're like, what? How is that even possible? And sometimes I feel like that with you know the virtual, the augmented, <laughs> and the mixed reality. Just going, wow. Yeah. But I think one of the jumping back to one one of the basic things you could do as a spatial professional, make sure everything has an X, Y, and Z. Mm. You know, it's no good trying to add a Z later. Add the Z now. Yep. Yeah. And then also think about adding the T. So, next one, Mark. Next one, and this is the brave new world, and you know, uh, the dodgy dark web of blockchain. Uh, it's slowly becoming more and more pervasive, isn't it? And I think it is slowly. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's come out of the cryptocurrency world. Um, yep. It it is not as mature as people think. Hence why it's at number seven. Yep. Um, but it has potential, and I think once you see um, bigger companies, I'm thinking of the Oracles and Microsofts, the SAPs, picking it up and using it within their systems. Mm-hmm. Um, it will just become a standard term of what what people are talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, why is it important for the geospatial world? Well, there's there's a few guesses. People are saying, oh, you know, you could do property transactions with blockchain. It's like, yeah, great, but that's like a three month, you know, six months, twelve month process. It doesn't overly benefit from blockchain. No, I think for me, where where we're potentially seeing blockchain is getting back to that augmented, um, sorry, not augmented, so autonomous vehicles. You know, you actually need to know that the lamppost or the traffic light is where it says it is. Yeah, so being able to secure data. Yeah. Um, But I think it's, uh, for me, as a, a, if you say, what should I know about blockchain? Basically, just know how to describe it casually over a beer. Yep, and that'll probably be enough for the next couple of years. Now um, we'll we'll post a link to it, but um, again in Gartner, there's a great I think it's called uh, uh, "How to Describe Blockchain to Your CIO" or something like that. Yeah, um, over yeah, hopefully your CIO should already know. But um, yeah, there's a good little article, so we'll post that. But it's well yep. worth a read. Okay, um, now eight is smart spaces. Yes, um, which again. I don't know if we need to talk a lot about it. Yeah, um, I was a little bit um, confused isn't the word. Um, perhaps I don't fully understand it. I'm a little bit near. So humans and technology-enabled systems interact increasingly open, connected, coordinated, uh, s- smart ecosystems, etc. Sounds um, like you're just playing, uh, you know, tech word uh, bingo there. Yeah, I think it's almost one of those things they didn't quite know what to do. So let's jump that one and get on to digital ethics and privacy. Yeah, now this one is interesting. And I thought it well, wasn't going to be, but it is. It, it, I don't know. If, well, obviously, it's a trend, right? Um, so I suppose we don't need to list what the digital ethic is. It's just an ethic written digitally. It is, but I mean, this has become... Um, you know, really important because of, you know, in Europe, we've got the General Data Protection Regulation, yeah, um, which is, you know, came into, was it May this year, I think it was? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it means now whenever you go to a website, you get bombarded with um, questions about, are you happy that somebody's, you know, using a cookie kind of thing? Yep. Um, um, 
so I, I do I do think it is important, and I think location is an important, well, you know, hugely important part of that um, ethic and privacy um, element. Yep. So just just uh, going to have surmised it nicely. And I think this also adds to a personal statement as well as your business statement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but trust is the acceptance of the truth of a statement without evidence or investigation. All right. So mm-hmm. if um, so, ultimately, an organisation or a person's position on privacy must be driven by its broader position on ethics and trust. Shifting from privacy to ethics moves the conversation beyond "Are we compliant?" towards "Are we doing the right thing?" Yeah, sure. Um, and yes, yeah, so I think that's actually quite a good personal thing to uh, mull over. Yeah, and I think I think from a from from a location base, and I mentioned it earlier. You know this 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 mobile analytics um, that, that yep. seems to be a growing movement full square in this space. Spaces. I think. Yeah. 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 So. As a company, are you building a trustworthy environment? Do you have a trustworthy name that people are happy to give their information to? Yeah. Now, second to last alphabetically, but last on this list. Quantum computing, Mark. I was hoping you'd say it more dramatically. Quantum computing. Anyway. Um, quantum computing. This this is mind-blowing. Is it? Yes. Go on then, blow my mind. No longer talking in ones and zeros, Chris. We're no longer processing in binary. We're processing at the atomic level. Yeah, that sounds super exciting. But am I going to go into, you know, um, Best Buy or uh, Target and go, uh, yeah, can I have a quantum computer, please? Uh, yes, you will, but you might not be alive to. Um... Oh, okay. Cool. No, I don't know. When are you going to die? Um <laughs> What a question for a podcast, Mike. <laughs> uh, but, but things uh, things where traditional algorithms struggle because they're only seeing things as ones and zeros. Mm. And areas where AI is, is trying to overcome the problems of ones and zeros. Quantum computing is kind of that solution. Well, I guess if you've got, you know, 20 billion, uh, you know, IoT devices you're going to need something faster than your Pentium 5, aren't you? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe the Pentium 7. Um, but That's where basically I got confused when it came to computing. <laughs> 486, 58, what? And then it started going crazy. Now you, now we're back to i7s, apparently. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, anyway um, I think quantum computing's an interesting thing. Again... Um, something you sh- it's worth if you've got a few techie mates it's worth knowing the definition and having a discussion about it uh, but maybe not engage the CIO yet well I, I think it's that it's kind of that similar thing isn't it you know read uh, read the how to discuss blockchain with your CIO and I think it's probably worth looking at you know how to understand quantum computing and, and potentially what it will mean um, you know it's uh it's just important in general, isn't it, in the tech industry that you keep yourself up to date? It is. And also, there's enough words flying around that confuse the heck out of people. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that- are we excited about the top 10? I'm, I'm kind of like, 2019, if this all comes off, wow, it's going to be a good year. Uh, yeah. I, th- I, think, I think it makes the future look good. 
What I did find interesting was looking back at 2016, 17, 18, um, and and just seeing how actually uh, over the you know the past three four years, some of the technology has you know um, has has stayed with us. Digital twins was mentioned back in I think in 2016. Well, I th- I think this is why I'm not so excited because it's not landing on your doorstep right that's right, right. Now. it's not available yeah. it's not consumable yeah um it, it it's going to be there it's influencing the way it's a trickle down you know it's like when you buy the mercedes s class which is a stunning vehicle <laughs> um its technology is 10 years ahead of what you'll get from a toyota corolla okay yeah, yeah. but you pay the price for it but then yeah. you know that's why s classes have good resale value after 10 years because they're kind of cheap but they're way advanced do you reckon um we should probably you know like the digital win twin kind of aim at a slightly lower level when it comes to sponsorship i'm just i'm just thinking mercedes are unlikely just to drop a s-class on your driveway anytime soon no i'd I'd be fine with a fantastic c-class okay shall we move on mark i think (laughs) we've kind of talked about uh we have that's that's topic we get in touch with us um if you found any other great articles, we'd love to hear from you. And we'd also love to hear your opinions. Mm, totally. Um, and, uh, yeah, also what Chris should get his wife for Christmas. Yeah, if you've got any, uh, any advice, um, sure, get in touch. Right. So, Mark, we, we haven't played it in quite a while, but it feels as though you know, we should be. Time is it's right. A, it's Export to Shapefile, isn't it? It is. Export to Shapefile. Oh, that music has got me to the mood. Oh. Export to Shapefile. <laughs> um, Export to Shapefile, the game where you navigate around the ArcGIS toolbox trying to box Maneu- in, yeah, maneuver boxing. and box in your opponent so they only have one move left, which is the most basic of all moves, Export to Shapefile. Uh, who serve? Uh, you can, it's Christmas. Oh, wow. I'm really enjoying your company at Christmas, Mark. The rest of the year, you... Anyway. Well, I must say, I, I was going to take a Grinch approach to Christmas this year. Then I worked out it'd take more effort, and I might as well just go with it and be that happy Christmas person. Excellent. Okay. Well, um, I'm going I'm to start nice and simply. Um, the data management toolbox. Uh, add attribute index. Add attribute index, eh? Hmm. Interesting. All right, I'll uh, see your simple move and jump to stream to feature from the special Ooh, analyst. Special analyst, yeah. Bit of an attacking move there. Um, I'm going to block. I'm going to block with random points. Uh, sorry, create random create points. Create random points. Yeah. Another data management tool, but a nice little block there. I yeah. Yeah, not completely unsurprising. Uh, what about Euclidean distance, also from the Spatial Analyst Toolbox, but Ooh. taking it to a bit of a higher level? Another aggressive move, Mark, but... Yeah, I mean, I don't uh, mean to be aggressive, Chris. It is Christmas. Sure, but I'm, I'm going to, you know, just bat away your aggressive with, uh, with another data management tool. Um, make feature layer. Right, you're keeping it simple, just for Christmas. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to try and, um, what's the word, broadside you. 
rebuild address locator from the geocoding toolset. Oh, actually, it's quite a blind side. That is actually. Um, I'm going to counter. I'm going to counter uh, Skyline Graph 3D Analyst. Ooh, now you're getting tricky. I I thought you'd keep it basic, but you haven't. No. You've taken that, it to the no. sky. Uh, okay. Then I will try for the flip on you and go remove join. That's just a defensive little move, Mark. You, I've got you on the ropes. Um, ooh, change last class codes. Ah, beautiful. Now I've got you overthinking it, Chris. Oh, yeah, right. Export to your database configuration keywords. It's sure. a little gem. Yeah. Yep, it's like that little banana peel. Trips them up. Uh, table to domain. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I can tell by your tone. You're worried about um, analysis tool set, multiple ring buffer. Oh. Oh, that's quite nice. Um, actually, that's nicer than nice. Uh, I'm going to try update by alternative alternate ID fields. Network analyst. Mm, I thought you'd try and wiggle out of this one. Uh, headlock, change version, data management. Ooh. Now, Mark, I have to admit defeat. You've got me. Um, export to shapefile. And mm. that is how it's done. <laughs> I must admit, I have I have actually been practicing. So there's a, there's some nice attacking moves. I thought I was defending pretty well, but um, it was the uh, well, it started going wrong for me really with the geocoding toolset, the uh, rebuild address locator. It's a nice move. Yeah, I um, actually went back and looked at a few of the uh, games we witnessed at the uh, 2018 E3 conference. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's that whole uh, start complicated and then flick it around, go simple, and then come in again. Yeah, I, I can't really argue you beat me fair and square. <laughs> well, that, um, if we don't speak to you before Christmas, listeners, have a good Christmas. We do plan to, I think. Uh, we do, yeah, yeah. We've... Um... You know, maybe it's the review of the year. We've got a few interviews coming up as well. We do. But, um, Continuing the big names in the industry. Yeah. Well, Mark, it's been a pleasure as ever. Yes. And again, thank you, listeners. We really do appreciate your listenership. Uh, and with that, um, yeah, next time. Catch you later. <laughs>